A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Has Ron DeSantis finally made the right case about Donald Trump? Speaking of Trump, what about the Iowa caucus and the rest of the primary? Also, the NFL kind of sort of really, 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 really sucks right now. And, um, well, we've got a lot more to come. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oney. This is a Truth or Fiction Tuesday right here on Critical Thinking. We have a ton to get into on Truth or Fiction Tuesday. Uh, before we get into all of that, um, F-35s, Pat, just just going missing randomly for hours on an end. $80 million worth, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just, just what? I, I, I know where it is, by the way. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. No, you don't. It's in Hunter Biden's crack house. Mm. Mm. I know they said they allegedly found it yesterday in South Carolina, mm-hmm. Williamsburg to be specific, but that's allegedly. That's allegedly. It's, Hunter, Hunter Biden's going to use it as his getaway car. Hashtag dude, where's my jet? I just, I just can't with you. What? Did I say anything wrong? Yes. What did I say that was wrong? Allegedly. It, they they literally found it, and then well, they, they literally because the last I heard it was only allegedly found. You don't just allegedly find a freaking plane. Hmm. Mm. With this government, though? Okay, Mr. Conspiracy Theory for everything. Just, just miss me with. Come that. on, if, if, if seriously, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're going to put it past a government that asked for public help in finding an eighty million dollar plane 
Yes, Pat. To, yes, yeah. because yeah. it is an $80 million plane that, poof, disappeared into thin air. So, yes, if you saw the plane shoot out of the sky, please let us know. Yes, that is actually how this works. This works this way all the time, whether it's an $80 million plane or a $45,000 Cessna that is going into the EAA Air Venture in Oshkosh, Wisconsin in late July, early August. That is exactly how this works. Why? Because when it disappears off of the radar, they have no idea where it went. Nobody does. Quite literally. You, you'd think uh, the government would keep a little bit better track of $80 million, though. But that's not how this works. If all of the instrument, if it blows up in midair, what technology exists in the world, Pat, that is just going to allow that plane to be found? I'll give you a hint. None. Because if the plane explodes in midair, every piece of equipment is gone. There is, there's no homing pigeon, no tracking device, no nothing that would be able to find that plane. That is not how this works, not how any of this works. Stop with the BS conspiracy theories for the love of all things holy. Not you, but the rest of the people in this world. Yay, 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 yay. <sighs> Angry Andy is up. Already, Pat, on this Tuesday morning. And it is a Truth or Fiction Tuesday. So while we are going through Truth or Fiction Tuesday, how about we just dive in to finding the truth? Okay. All right, my first truth or fiction on this Tuesday. The Freedom Caucus will lead a government shutdown, leading to McCarthy's ouster as Speaker of the House. What say you? I so want this to be true. I really do. I want this to be true. I'm going fiction. Why? Because aside from the few that are actually, you know, trying to do their job and trying to deliver on what they promised onto the American people, the GOP in large is a bunch of feckless cowards that will not do this. They will speak platitudes and, 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 Say all the right things, and then they will do nothing. Look, I, I, I know this is a short analysis on this, but until they put up, shut up. It, it, it's not a it, – I, I just – I can't abide this. I can't, I, can't, I can't buy into it until they actually show me they're going to do it. Mm. Okay. I, I just can't. I, I, I see your point, and, and again – it's always trust but verify, right? right? Or more importantly, don't trust and verify <laughs> with with Team right. GOP. Right. With Kevin McCarthy. I understand that. But here's a piece of the calculation you might be missing. Nancy Mace, who was one of the people who backed Kevin McCarthy to the hilt, right, was one of the whips for Kevin McCarthy during that entire ordeal in January. She has now said that she is open to discussion on McCarthy's speakership. One of your biggest cheerleaders in the background 
is now throwing you under the bus proverbially. So, I mean, let's just, you know, take a look at what Nancy Mace has to say on that, right? And say to yourself, why would she say that publicly out loud if she didn't mean it? Riddle me that answer. I I mean, I, I see your point, and I hope it's true. I hope it's followed through on. I really do. I, I again I want this to be true but words mean nothing to me at this point right it's absolutely nothing but you have to politics is words Pat right politics isn't action well, sure, all the time sure. okay sure. I, the I words agree. of somebody who was on Kevin McCarthy's side to the hilt deciding to come out publicly she could say this all she wants to the freedom caucus members behind closed doors right in in the in the uh, GOP cloakroom and and, and all of that. She literally said he needs to put his money where his mouth is. Well, that's what she said to to Matt Gaetz. But Nancy May says that everything is on the table. Everything is on the table. That's about as blatant of a dude get your crap together or you're gone as you could possibly have the only other way would be for kevin mccarthy's girlfriend i mean uh alleged friend marjorie taylor green oh to throw him under the bus right i mean roommate i mean uh gal friday Allegedly? Supposedly, yes. Just like uh, allegedly Christy Nome and Corey Lewandowski have been uh, getting it on for years now. Look who's a conspiracy theorist now. Oh, no, no. This is apparently something that is widely known in GOP circles and has just come out. Publicly now. Um, mm. And then you got the whole Lauren Bear thing, but hey, that's neither here nor there. My my point in all of this is, as we look at reading tea leaves, because this is, this is what you have to do when you decide whether or not you're going to believe rumors, right? You've got to read tea leaves. You've got to read what people are saying. Nancy Mace saying, everything is on the table, the easy answer, if she really believes that McCarthy is not somebody who is in trouble, is I support Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Well, or just a simple no. Why are you saying everything is on the table? She literally okay, well. declined to say that she would support Kevin McCarthy. You do not do that in the position that she has been in, right? Where she has kind of straddled the fence. Let's be honest. She has some tendencies towards the Freedom Caucus, right? Pat, I know where you're going with that. You (laughs) zip it. I said fence, not her fiancé. An hour before church. But why would you do that, right? 
if you if you really were still gung ho on Kevin McCarthy's speakership, even if even if you believe this is political machinations and you want to be Nancy Mace and you are on both sides of the fence, right? And and whatever, the road forward to dealing with this, and if this rumor is not true, and if the thought process isn't there, you don't play both sides of the fence. You've already picked, you picked a side in January, right? That was right. very, very clear. You, Nancy Mace is saying, held up, wait a minute, everything is on the table, and refuses to blatantly say that she supports Kevin McCarthy as a Speaker of the House, tells you all you need to know about what is happening behind the scenes. And we all we need to do is go back to all the things that Kevin McCarthy has failed to deliver upon, right? We can go back to the capitulation on the debt ceiling. We can go back to um, he has kind of sort of played fast and loose with the single um, the single bills, right? We, we were supposed to be, every bill is supposed to be its own thing, right? He's played fast and loose with that. He's played fast and loose with a lot of the promises that he made to the Freedom Caucus to that, what was it? At the end of the day, it was something like 18, 19 people, right, who decided to to split off and, and cause this 13 vote for the speakership situation, right? Mm-hmm. The only thing that I question is that some of this is coming from The Hill, ABC News, NBC News, right? Where, where are your – if you're running to those sources first – why not run to the Daily Wire? Why not run to the Blaze and other outlets that are more news-driven on your side of the aisle? But I fervently believe this part to also be true. Matt Gates, Chip Roy, and their kind, they say what they mean, and they mean what they say more often than not. And what have they indicated? That they are more than willing to play hardball with Kevin McCarthy when it comes to the government shutdown, right? They're more than willing to play hardball over this. And why? Again, because of the things that were promised and not delivered by Kevin McCarthy. And if Kevin McCarthy continues to capitulate time and time again, again, I go back to yesterday's show. I, what have I said? That sometimes compromise is a really good thing. But when it's compromising your principles, that's not a good thing. When it is compromising upon tax policy, like, hey, I would love to see one individual tax rate, and that tax rate's at X percent. Right? That's what I would love to see. But you know what? I'll be okay with three tax rates as long as the middle the median tax is exactly what I want. Right? Okay, that's a compromise because we're never going to be able to get the other side of the aisle to agree to a single, you know, flat tax on, on income. That's just never gonna happen. You've got to have your force of will. And by force of will, I mean you better have 60 in the Senate. You better have the vast majority in the Congress. Okay, well, but is that better than 
corporate taxes at 39%, we can get it down to 15 or down to 19 instead of 15 like we had wanted under Trump? Yes, that's a win. Take the win. Take a win because you can show that you are working towards the ultimate goal. And then you continue to say, how about next time, 16%? And we compromise to 17. The next time, the next year, 17 becomes 15. And you've won over the course of four years, right? Over the course of, of, the, of a term, you've won. You got what you wanted in the end, but you worked at it. You chipped it away. What, what are they, what's McCarthy willing to, to not give up is the question that most of these people have for him. And he is unwilling to show them what he really wants. And most importantly, the dangerous part of this is he is going to, he is more willing to throw the Freedom Caucus under the bus than he is willing to throw the Dems under the bus and make the case of their extreme positions that do not abide common sense, compromise. We are willing to play ball, but we are unwilling to compromise basic principles, and that is what the Democratic Party is asking us to do. And frankly, our government is way too big as it stands today. And unless we get assurances of that $2 trillion becoming under a trillion dollar budget deficit right now, no, we're not playing ball. This is a bare minimum. Our principles don't get compromised. We begin fiscal sanity once again. Because that's my compromised position, right? We must be under $1 trillion in deficit in year one. And in year two of any agreement, we must be at half a billion dollar deficit or less. It's time to take some trimming to the federal bureaucracy. Will he do it? I don't know. But the Freedom Caucus should be playing offense. And does that lead to Kevin McCarthy's ouster? It very well might. It very well might. Because if he doesn't want to play ball with his own side, what do you do? I, I, I agree with your analysis on Kevin McCarthy completely. Again, I hope I hope that you're right in what the tea leaves say here and that this happens. I, I hope this happens. I'm just I'm at the point they need to put up or shut up. Now, again, put up and shut up goes to Matt Gates as well. Because Matt Gates has said that he has a threat that he's going to, you know, oust Speaker McCarthy. Do it. Do it. Waiting. You also need to put up and shut up. And it's very simple, Gates told reporters last week, by the way, if you, in case you're wondering. Quote, we're either going to get compliance or we're going to start having votes on motions to vacate. And we're going to have it regularly, Gates told reporters earlier this week. I don't anticipate them passing immediately, but 
if we have to begin every single day in Congress with the prayer, the pledge, and the motion to vacate, then so be it. Now, to be fair to Nancy Mace, she has said this. We'll see how it turns out, but I will tell you, I'm one of those members who were made certain promises, Mace said. I've worked on women's issues. I've worked on issues, you know, related to gun violence that I feel are very important. And you know, it's fallen on deaf ears. And if I give a handshake to someone, I expect them to follow through. Again, I don't know if the Freedom Caucus will follow through. But if you don't, you must have to have extracted something out of this. Otherwise, you've lost all cachet, all power, all ability to have anybody take you seriously, just like Kevin McCarthy. I agree. Now, I would suggest that Matt Gates and some members of the Freedom Caucus are not worth taking seriously to begin with. But I fervently believe we are closer to Kevin McCarthy's ouster than we are further away from it. Part of that is because look at what has gone on with the impeachment inquiries. Are we getting these on national television? Do we know the schedule? Do we know that these hearings are happening in front of the American people? Do we even know the timeline for this to to actually occur? Nope. It's going to say, "Are it, it, you dumb?" Very, yeah. You need the, hear me out on this. They need the Democratic playbook on this issue. What what do you mean? Put it front and center and make everybody cover it. Make NBC, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, CBS, ABC, News Nation, OAN, um, Newsmax, whatever, right? All of them. Front and center. Put it in primetime television. Because guess what's not happening right now, Pat? None of that. New television shows. Right? The oh, writers' yeah. strike yes. and, and the Actors Guild strike and, and everything in between, right? Yes. There's no new television. Put that bleep front and center for the American people to have no choice but to pay attention. Would, what are you waiting for at this point? This is not difficult. I'll, I'll give you till the end of the month to put that schedule together. And watch how quickly the writer's strike ends, if that were the case, right? Watch it. Seriously. Now, they, they would still have months and months and months of writing and, and executing on stuff that need, that would be backed up. But watch how quickly they would try to get back to your late-night television programming and this and that, right? Right. What a coincidence that would be. Just saying. All right. With that being said, uh, Pat, it's a great time for your first truth or fiction. Truth or fiction. If Donald Trump wins the nomination for the GOP, he and America will lose in 2024. 
Hmm. Wh- why are you... Hmm. I agree. I think this is truth. I think it's truth for a number of reasons, and we... I don't know if I want to go deep into all of them, but I'll give you my top three reasons why this is true. Number one, Trump is a wholly unlikable figure to the left and is a motivating factor to vote for anybody that is opposite him. We saw that in the last election. Yes. Okay. Number two. Donald Trump is the unmotivating factor for those on the right who are not MAGA forever to vote for him. Because, C point number one, he is a wholly unlikable figure. And point number three, where's our, our repentance, apology, um, where's your penance, for Fauci, Burks, 15 days to flatten the curve, Operation Warp Speed. For those of us who are not in MAGA forever, but open to understanding if a vote for Trump would be a vote to give liberty a chance, right? Can I abide somebody who never wants to apologize. I can't. I also can't abide somebody who, if you read the tea leaves of what they're saying, would stand by, watch us fight in Ukraine. Donald Trump has talked about solutions and, and, and finding a peace there that he'd be able to... No, you wouldn't. The only peace is through death at this point in time. I can't abide somebody who does not have the humility to say, yeah, you know what? I screwed up. I made a mistake, and, and I have learned from it, and here's what I've learned, and here's how I would deal with this going forward should another pandemic, should something like this occur. We're gonna get in a room with a bunch of the right folks, right? A bunch of the quote-unquote experts in their field, right? And we're going to listen to all sides of this, and then I am going to make a decision based off of the information provided to me. What I'm going, what I'm not going to do is choose one side or the other. I'm going to listen to all information and attempt a pathway forward. Here's the problem, though. You had that opportunity with Scott Atlas and... Uh, Anthony Fauci sitting in the same room. You chose a side last time around. So what would be different now? He loses the general election. We lose America. It is that simple. And it is not about Donald Trump, by the way, being the champion of America. Because Donald Trump is, has been, and always will be the champion of Donald Trump. What I mean by America loses is that liberty will be lost for a generation, maybe two, for a century. We don't know. 
but once that 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 is the final nail in the grave or the nail in the coffin, okay? Because the lesson that the left will learn in 2024, should they win, is that America wants more of them. They won't learn the lesson that this had more to do with a repudiation of Donald Trump's personality, Donald Trump's personal um, situation, or that they didn't like him as a COVID president. They're not going to learn that lesson, right? They're going to learn the lesson of they want more of this. They want more socialist control. They want control. They want government bureaucracy, more government, more government, more government. That is why you cannot make this election about Donald Trump. It must be about something different. What say you, Pat? I 120% agree with all of that. Um, I would also add to it that given what we talked about yesterday in regards to Donald Trump and his apparent grift uh, to the American people and how pro-life he is, um, what else is he grifting us on? What else is he gaslighting us on? Because we've seen that happen Everything, Pat. Everything is your answer. Yeah. So, um, and then I came also came across a video from Ron DeSantis. I believe it was also yesterday. Um, and I think he gave a great answer on this. You want to play that? Sure. Like, I never thought he should have run. Once he left office, I thought that he should have taken credit for the good things mm-hmm. he did, but recognized that he was not the best way to go forward to, to win and unite the country behind our American first policies. And Why? I, Why is be, he a deal breaker? Because I think that there are, if you look at the voters you need to win, he's definitely got a base, but there are voters who are gettable for Republicans who don't like what Biden's doing, they disapprove of all this stuff, but they just won't do the Trump. We saw that in the midterms, unfortunately. We had, I thought we were gonna have a red wave Uh because I'm like, there's inflation, there's all these problems. Don't you have to vote the other way? But when it came down to it, the Democrats had a playbook where they were running the same thing. And And as much as I hate to admit it, it was effective at allowing them to maintain control of the Senate and keeping our House gains very modest. I think the legal cases uh, just practically will suck the oxygen out of the room if he's the nominee. And the question is, is do we want the election framed on Biden's failures and our vision to reverse the country's decline? If we can do that, we will win. If the election's all about documents at Mar-a-Lago, January 6th, all that stuff, that's going to let Biden hang out in his basement. And I think he's going to get away with it again. He's not going to face scrutiny. It's not going to be about his record. That puts us in a much worse position to win. That's just practical. Oh, that was a brilliant, huh. brilliant point. That's the point he should have been making from the get-go, for Pete's sakes. Um, so I have I have a theory on that part of that statement you just made, Pat. Okay. He shouldn't have been making this from the very get-go. Why? Because he actually mentioned it. Donald Trump indictment, 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 Hunter Biden, Donald Trump, Hunter Biden, Donald Trump, Hunter Biden, Donald Trump. Where's the oxygen for him to make this point? I mean, that's a fair, that's a fair argument. He could have been saying this, but if he's been saying this for six months and his campaign is where it is, right? Where do you go? 
What, what's your next message? This is exactly the message he needs to be sending to Team GOP. This is exactly the message he needs to send to all of those who believe in America first policies, but don't like the Donald Trump aspect of it, right? Right. He, this is exactly that message. He needs to understand, he needs to send a message to the base that, yeah, guess what? I believe a lot of what Donald Trump was was selling, but I'm different. I don't have all of this. And the choice of winning is not somebody is not about policies that you don't like versus policies you do like, right? The right. choice is 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 this election about Donald Trump or is this election about America? And, and, and I'm and your I, candidate and champion of what? America. I'm your champion of liberty. I'm not your champion of Donald John Trump. Let's let's make them run on their record. Second point, right? Right. He said what I said in five minutes in a minute and a half. I I haven't seen that clip from this weekend with uh, I think that was with uh, Howard Kurtz. Is it from um, Media Buzz? Uh, I actually don't know on what Fox his News. Name is, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. It should be um, right though. He absolutely is making the right case. Because it, what does he recognize? There's a base that will that is MAGA forever, right? There is a group. There's a 30% group, right? There's the other 70% of Team GOP voters out there that need to be coalesced around, grasped, taken care of. And there's also probably, as we know, of the, the group that has said that they would likely vote for Donald Trump in the primary, over 60% of them are wishy-washy on that. See, he's also speaking to that group. If you could peel half of that 60% and get the other, let's say, 30% that are solidly in your camp, you are now at what? Let's do the math. 60%. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So, okay, you're not at 60%. You're at 45% of the GOP primary voter base. Is that a is that a starting point of winning? Hell yes, it is. And I'd, I'm not even talking about peeling all of that 60% of wishy-washy. I'm talking about of the 30%, 60% of that, right, is wishy-washy. So if we do the math... Let's say it's 50%. Let's, let's 
do that, right? You're talking about 15% plus your 30%. You are talking about the potential for 45% of the electorate in your pocket before we get to Iowa. And by the way, Donald Trump's game in Iowa is so bad. So very bad. It's like he expects us to win Iowa. Yeah, it's the most insane thing I've ever seen. Because it, from what I understand, that game in New Hampshire isn't good either. So if you're Donald Trump and you've lost to Ron DeSantis in Iowa and New Hampshire, you win South Carolina, let's say, probably will. Where's your momentum? It ain't good, that's for sure. This is the case, and this is the time to make that case. Why? Again, Ron DeSantis is not, the oxygen is there for him to make it. We don't have indictment talk 24-7 anymore. That's gone. Until we get trial dates, until we get more discovery made public or whatever have you. Now you put your foot on the gas and you hammer this point, that 90 seconds on every interview, in every speech, in every podcast appearance, on every television appearance, you hammer that point home. You put your foot on the gas of that point exactly because that is your that is your best and final case to the American people. Donald Trump should never have run because Donald Trump is bad for our policies. And I have proven to win on our policies time and time again. I am a champion for liberty without the personality and the personal issues. I have a path to actually winning for America and those values. Basically, what he's arguing is he can do the MAGA without being crazy. Thousand percent. One thousand percent. All right. With that being said, before we get into the second half, it's time for us to play the B or not the B. All right. Are you ready for today's headline? Oh, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, OK. Ready. OK. Wasn't really sure yep, there. Come here. Yeah. Yep, I'm, I'm ready. All right, so today's headline. Military announces lost F-35 was carrying Epstein client list. Military announces lost F-35 was carrying Epstein client list. And while, folks, you are thinking about this, do not forget to think about going over to coffeebrandcoffee.com where they care about really good fresh roasted coffee and not your politics. They just want good people, good product, Meet in the middle. And by the way, you can get 5% off of your purchase today by heading over to coffeebrandcoffee.com, entering the promo code CRITICALTHINKER. Enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKER at checkout for 5% off of your purchase today. They've got a ton of really great flavors. My personal favorite is the bourbon uh, flavored. So go check it out. Um, even their just plain roasted coffee is fantastic. So again, go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. Dot com, enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKER 
at checkout for 5% off your purchase today. All right. Do you need the headline one more time? No, because I saw this one on X yesterday. Oh, so you did, Babylon huh? B. Yeah, I did. Is this the B or not the B then? Babylon B. You are correct. Bad luck. Yeah. Military announces lost F-35 was carrying Epstein client list. In a blow to the transparency of information and what could have been a treasure trove of evidence against a global sex trafficking ring, the Pentagon has announced the, lo the lost F-35 fighter jet was apparently carrying the only known copy of Jeffrey Epstein's client list. This is truly unfortunate, said Department of Defense spokesman John Kirby. The client list that once belonged to the late Mr. Epstein was being transported to an undisclosed location for analysis to prepare to use it as evidence to deliver justice for Epstein's victims. Tragically, with the plane going, going missing, it is unlikely we will ever see the list again. Such a peculiar happenstance, really. Media outlets and the public at large have been calling for the release of Epstein's client list for years, but will now be left to speculate as to its contents. Quote, such an awful coincidence, said conspiracy theorist Ryan Felix. It just so happens that the very plane that is carrying the client list disappears. Yeah, sure. Right. Funny how that happens, huh? At publishing time, reports have begun to circulate that in addition to the Epstein client list, the missing F-35 jet just so happened to also be carrying the Nashville Shooters Manifesto, Barack Obama's original birth certificate, conclusive proof of the identity of the January 6th pipe bomber, and all known documentation and evidence of Joe and Hunter Biden's dealings with Ukrainian and Chinese governments. Does that cover all of your conspiracy theories there, Pat? Yeah, well, yes. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate mm -hmm. it. Just, just checking. Thank all you right. for indulging me. For, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of indulging you, I should probably indulge you in your second truth or fiction. All right, truth or fiction. Trump's performance in Iowa in the Iowa caucus will be indicative of how he will do in the rest of the primary. False. Okay. Because if you know anything about the Iowa caucus, it is a whole different animal. It always has been and it always will be. It gave us Howard Dean and Barack Obama. It gave us Ted Cruz. Donald Trump. One. Right? Howard Dean. John Kerry. Do you see where I'm going with this? It's a crapshoot as to whether or not the winner of Iowa is the national winner. It's an absolute crapshoot. Fair. It's probably about 50-50 at this point in time, in my lifetime at least. Why? Because Iowa is a very different animal. The people of Iowa take their responsibility way more seriously than any place else in this country when it comes to their primary voting system. They expect person-to-person -person contact with these candidates. They expect to do their homework. The caucus system is very different than the normal primary system as well. Last time around, it was Ted Cruz... Marco Rubio and somebody else, right? Then Donald Trump. I think. Let's take uh, a actually, look I at this. Was... The, 
let's check I those out with the twenty sixteen. Rubio than Donald Trump. I could be wrong, but I—that's uh, what I thought it was. I didn't think there was a, a, a third person in there. Yep. Yeah. Just let me let me take a look at it real quick here. Okay. okay. So yes. So it was actually it was um, Ted Cruz with eight delegates, then both Trump and Rubio with seven, Ben Carson with three. Then Rand Paul, Jeb Bush, Carly Fiorina, John Kasich, and Mike Huckabee all with one. Hmm. What's my point? It could be anything could be. at that point. I, agree I, I with just you. don't believe that it will be. Let me just button it okay. up. I just don't believe that this is indicative of anything. It, could it be in? Could it be? Could it be indicative? Yes. Will it be? No, I don't. Because I think in this primary cycle, there are way too many factors. There are way way too many things in play here. Let me ask you this. Do you think that every every Republican, um, every state Republican primary slash caucus will have Donald Trump on the ballot? No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't. So, so can Iowa be indicative? No. Um, wh- when's Donald Trump going on trial for any of the four indictments? Not until March. March. Wh- what if they move some of them up? What if they decide that hey, we'd like to fight this in January so that we can get on to Super Tuesday? Potentially. I mean, it's, it's certainly possible. Okay, so then what does that do to the primary cycle? Do you see my point? There are I, I way, exactly way too many variables for this to be true. I think this is absolutely false. I think it's also false because we have seen far too many times that Iowa picks the most conservative candidate rather than the winnable candidate, if you will. Mm-hmm. I happen to believe that this time the most conservative and the winnable candidate is one person. And that is a not an endorsement, it is an analysis. And that's Ron DeSantis. He is both the most winnable and the most conservative, with the most bona fides about his conservative viewpoints, by the way. Right. He has receipt after receipt after receipt. And now that he has laid out the the main case, it is time to pile those receipts on top of it at every public event, at every around every corner, at every debate that's coming up. In fact, we have a debate coming up, right, at the end of this month? Uh, I believe so. So it is time for him to pile those receipts on top of the original case. In fact, you know how you get, like, what, two minutes to make your case to the public at the at your opening statement? Yeah. What you just said on Fox News, Say commit again. that to memory, 90 seconds, I just made my case. And then I add a, about 15 to 20 seconds, and I just – and in case you're wondering about me being the champion of, of your conservative values, take a look at my record in Florida as to what I have accomplished on life, on liberty, and your pursuit of happiness. And it Shut isn't up, a grift either. Hmm? And it's not a grift either. That's the thing. Yep. That's what I'm saying. He's a, a, 
make the case against Donald Trump and the case for you in 90 seconds. You easily could do it if you are Ron DeSantis, thanks to what you've laid out this past weekend. What Do you believe yours to be truth or fiction? I, I believe it to be fiction as well because and, and I, I chose this because I keep, you know, hearing you know, just on social media in general that, you know, Iowa is going to be this bastion and it kind of determined set the tone for the rest of the primary. I, I don't believe that that's true at all. No. Okay. Um, so those two things are, are different. Setting the tone and being indicative are, are, are actually two different sure. things for me. Sure. I, I, and I, I understand that, but, but, but what, what I'm going ultimately going on is, is this going to determine who ultimately the, the front runner of the GOP nominee is? no, no, South Carolina will be more indicative of, of this. No, I think I don't believe so at all. I don't believe that to be the truth either. Just, just just hold on a minute. I didn't say it would be. I said it would be more indicative because you've gotten further along. Once you get past Super Tuesday, depending on those results, and then plus you've got all the stuff that's going on with the trials and everything, as you pointed out as well. You're right. There's there's too many variables. Again, I'm not saying South Carolina is going to be indicative. Okay, I'm just saying it's more than where you were from Iowa. No, it won't. And, and here's why. It won't be more indicative because it is only the second primary. I thought it was and third. it's it's only the second primary, but the third oh, vote. Gotcha. So you have there. So here's why Iowa is a different animal, as New Hampshire is a different animal, as South Carolina is a different animal. But they're, they're, I, I, it would be different if South Carolina was more in tune or indicative of the rest of GOP voter, voting blocks, right? But that's not the case. The vast majority of the voting base lies somewhere in between New Hampshire and South Carolina. So I, I get what you're saying in that we will have more information, right? Mm-hmm. But the first, ironically, the first three caucus slash primaries, you have to take them completely separate from the rest of the pile. That's what I'm saying. There are There are other bellwethers that will be out there. Absolutely there will be. Okay, so let me let me clarify this point then. What if Ron DeSantis wins all three? Well, then it's over. It it would absolutely be over. But I, right now, there's no way, no how Ron DeSantis wins in South Carolina. That is Trump, 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 Trump. Oh, Trump. I 120% agree with that too. Okay. So let's think about this. South Carolina is actually the fourth, by the way. Oh, I thought there were th- I thought there were three. It's Iowa on January fifteenth, New uh-huh. Hampshire next, then the Nevada caucus on February eighth, followed oh, okay. by South Carolina on February twenty fourth. We then have Michigan, Idaho, and and DC, and then we get to Super Tuesday on March fifth, where. Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, and Virginia. I'm looking at North Carolina, Tennessee, 
Texas, Virginia, Utah. As the bellwethers, as the the moments in which you know which way this this is going to tip itself, because there are no, well, there are no primaries over fifty five delegates. Right, that's the other part of this. You've got to get to a delegate count, right? Right. Yeah. So, I I I don't know. I just I struggle with this to to matter much. I I think this all comes down to Super Tuesday. This isn't. This isn't like where I think that we will see the tea leaves prior to that. I just don't believe that because I believe that you look at, okay, so you got New Hampshire, right? Then Nevada, then South Carolina. Is South Carolina different than the Michigan GOP voter? Hell yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Is Michigan different than Idaho and its caucus? Hell uh, yes, yeah. it is. Right? So it'll be interesting. Like, for instance, Alabama, you think that's Trump or DeSantis territory? I don't know yet. I, I was just that that's a toss up for me. I don't know. Right. So I'm looking at all of these going everything up to Super Tuesday is kind of a one off. Right? You have to approach them as one offs to peel off some delegates, right? Mm-hmm. If you're Ron DeSantis and you can win, let's say, Iowa, Michigan, and New Hampshire, right? Does that look better than just a single win in South Carolina? Well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So South Carolina being more, we have too many disparate in terms of uh, of the electorate, too many disparate parts to put uh, an assumption together on anything until we even get to Super Tuesday. Even then, I think we won't know until well into the night where this direction might actually be heading. Fair. I think this is a very weird election cycle. Normally, I would agree with you. I would say if we don't have a contest in South Carolina, it's over. Normally, when South Carolina goes third, right? And if we get two out of three going one direction, I would agree with you. I just don't see it. But um, we need to get out of the world of politics here before we get out of here. Mm. We have one final one here, Pat. The NFL is in complete decline, and its product is absolute hot freaking garbage. What say you? Well, I'm curious to see what your interpretation of hot garbage is and what data you have to support this, because I'm assuming, knowing that you are a data guy on this kind of stuff, that you have that. Um, I'm going to go with truth, though, just because of everything over the last several years with the NFL on all the woke BS that they, they, they spew out. Um, and you know, the average viewer that that's no longer really watching the NFL. Um, yeah, it is hot garbage. Uh, Roger Goodell is an absolute joke as a commissioner, um, and a complete wet noodle in, in terms of policy in the NFL, because he'll enforce some rules for some people and then not for others, which is complete and total BS. Um, the NFL is absolute garbage and it's, and it's honestly, I watched the first NFL game I've watched in a long time the other day. I got bored. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm going with hot freaking garbage. Uh, this is absolute truth. I, I'm watching the play in this league. Like, I'm watching it from a perspective of what is the product that is on the field. Yeah. I have never seen worse quarterback play 
in my entire life throughout this league. Joe Burrow has regressed like I told you he would. Well, he's also He injured. looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson does not look good. Name me, even I would say outside of Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, regression. Regression, yeah. Clearly. Joe Burrow, regression. Also, we have a 287% increase in soft tissue issues through week one, let alone week two of the NFL. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say Nick Chubb's injury last night was uh, due to some weird soft tissue. No, that was a freak accident and an absolutely terrible thing. Right. Like, I, I would be shocked if he ever plays again. Dislocated knee, probably multiple ligament injury. And right now it's more about stabilizing him before he loses his leg than anything else. Okay? That's number one. But the emphasis on quote-unquote player safety, right? Here's what Roger Goodell and the NFLPA and some of these other people don't understand right now. Football is inherently a very violent game. And I have said this for the longest time. We should not be in an era in which six foot seven, three hundred and fifteen pounds is running a four five forty. Why? Let's take a look at the force pounds. That happened when that gets downfield five, six, seven, eight yards downfield and is smacking into a 250-pound linebacker. Turns out that getting your freak player on the field has actually turned into a disadvantage. And what do I mean by that? There's a reason why offensive linemen were 240, 250 pounds back in the 60s and 70s, right? partially because body type, but also because 315 pounds on a six foot five, six foot six frame is still very fat. They might be an athlete, but they are very fat. And what happens to taking on a bunch of muscle, a bunch of mass, a bunch of weight onto a five, let's say you're uh, a linebacker. Chances are you're somewhere between five ten and six one, right? You're at 250 pounds at 5'10". Do you understand the stress you are already putting on your body? It's not good. Not good, yeah. Period, point blank. It doesn't matter if it's muscle mass or fat, okay? You put stress on your joints. And what happens when you put stress on your joints naturally on top of, oh, I run a 4'5'40"? Then you're also asking that player who's running at about 19 to 20 to 24 at at peak miles per hour. You're asking that person to stop, hit a square, right? Hit a square on the chest, and that's it. That's all you can hit. Have to stop on a dime, slow down to 14 miles an hour to make that hit possible. What the hell do you think is going to happen to the human body when that happens? Injury. 
yeah. major injury because you are putting maximum stress on the body at the point of impact. If we want to get into sports science on this, right? And on top of it, what is going on in training camps? Well, they're they're working out year round. You know what really? Oh my god. Here's a we maybe what we should do here, Pat, is allow these people to rest for three, six months at a time. Let their bodies do what their bodies do. Instead of building muscle and muscle and muscle and muscle and muscle until that 245 pound becomes 265 pound linebacker within two years of, of NFL weight rooms. And what else are we doing in training camp and in OTAs? No hitting. We put the, the padded helmet, right, on people. I get it, concussions. Well, maybe what we shouldn't do is put 10 pounds of equipment on these people either. You get a worse product when you do what the NFL is doing right now. They're asking of miracles of miracle freak athletes, okay? They are asking them to perform feats of strength, fitness, and endurance all at the same time. And in a split second, it leads to really bad things happening. And I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers. I'm not talking about Nick Chubb. I'm talking about the guy who just simply ran down the field to try to run down a uh, running back down the field, right? And suddenly pulling up with a hamstring injury. And it happened over 100 times in week one. Again, a 287% year-over-year increase. And oh, by the way, if you look at the last five years in its totality, it's something in the, in the neighborhood of over a 1,000% increase in these types of injuries. Why is it happening? There's a correlation. There's a reason. There's a causation here. And it has very little, it has very little to do with the field, the turf, whatever. It is part of the scenario. The NFL PA would like you to believe that it is the only reason. No, it's not. We need to take a look at what we're doing to their bodies, to their minds, to the fields that they play on, and to the way that they're training. That's the reality. We're doing damage to these people by how the NFL puts their product on the field. And we're seeing it in spades. You've got Aaron Rodgers out. You've got Josh Allen with injuries. Joe Burrow with injuries. I mean, you can look down the rod. Uh, look at my, I, I'll look at it this way. My fantasy football team, Pat. Sucks right now, doesn't it? It is God awful right now. And that's not because mm. my fantasy football history suggests that I suck, right? At fantasy right. football. It has everything right. to do with quite literally my entire bench this past week, with the exception of two players, Kenny Pickett and Okongwu from Tennessee, the tight end. All of them were out injured or on the physically unable to perform list. Yep, yep. All of them. That is seven players. That has never happened in my entire history of playing fantasy football from the 1990s till today. Never once has that happened. Oh, I'm dropping star player after star player who might only be out for like a week or two weeks because I have to have somebody on my bench. That's a problem for the NFL, and they need to figure it out. They need 
to get back to hitting and building your body's calluses back up. Because the reality of the situation is this. If you don't get hit, your body doesn't know how to react to getting hit. Right? Well, they've had years and years of, of that. No, no, they don't hit hardly at all in college anymore. They don't really hit much in high school anymore either for fear of what? Brain injuries. And also this, Pat, I'm just going to say this real quick. Um, the NFL Pro Bowl sold out in Las Vegas for a damn flag football game last year. What incentive does the NFL have to to not do what they're or to not continue what they're doing with the players when people literally gobble up hot garbage flag football as entertainment? This isn't about being oh manhood. No. Roger Goodell is failing to protect the players because he's asking them to to perform miracles at high speed with the inability of the brain to be able to react fast enough and the body to react fast enough to avoid injury. You are causing injury by your stupidity. Oh, you can't hit a quarterback when they start their slide. Well, how am I supposed to stop when I'm going 20 miles an hour, right? And now my body also and my brain have to go, oh, crap, and I got to hold up. What happens to a knee when you try to do that and stop at 20 miles an hour on a dime? Nothing good. Nothing good happens. And, oh, what happens to to your thighs and your legs as a running back when you don't get hit for nine months out of the year? What happens to your ankles? What happens to all of those things? As somebody who had very frequent ankle injuries. Again, nothing good. Right. The NFL product is garbage. Just awful. It is not fun to watch. It is not entertainment. It it, it is terrible. Like you watch a game and it's 7-3 at half. I remember growing up in the days of like 17 to 10 at the half was a garbage score. And I'm not suggesting that there's going to be 45 points on the board. What I am suggesting is that we should probably have more than like a 6-3 to three halftime score when you're the defending Super Bowl champion playing a division favorite. Probably should happen. And, and we're not trotting out the 7th or 8th person on your practice squad as a starter anymore. Just saying. And, oh, by the way, your star players that are making $250 million a year show up and play the worst game of the season. Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And allegedly, Andrew Coppins has the F-35 in his backyard. I'll give you the F-35. (laughs) Please be smart, be safe, be kinder than I just was. Make sure you eat all of your meals today. And as always, Matthew 547. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.